This is the internet channel for the study of Hegel. And here is your host, Robert Vane. This is the presentation I prepared for this evening. I'm going to talk about the concept of the free will, freedom and, and liberty. And this is the second lecture in a series, uh, well, at the moment, an indefinite series. I don't know how many times I will give this, uh, this class. But at the same time, we will be working on the hegelcourses.wordpress.com. That's here. Um, so that's important. Um, you will write and, and make video lectures uh, in between. And of course, there's the Facebook page, Hegel Courses. And there is the Spreaker Show. Um, I will use that for regular updates and uh, 10 minutes explanations of basic terminology and, and stuff like that. Okay. So the topic tonight is liberty. Let's see what we can say about that. The concept of free will. You are listening to Robert Vane's Hegel Podcast. This is our roadmap. So we're going to talk about the introduction to the philosophy of rights. I'm going to show you the passages um, that I can't really uh, explain every sentence and every issue in those paragraphs. I'm going to try and read all 33 uh, with you, at least in part. But this is the sixfold um, introduction. First of all, the foundation of right, what we call right, is freedom. So we have to elucidate the concepts of freedom and right and their connection. Then, very important, the formal elements of the will. What is it exactly that we talk about when we talk about the free will or freedom? And very specifically, Hegel's explanation in paragraphs 10 to 19 of the immediate or natural or arbitrary will. Uh, the concept of arbitrary freedom um, will then be our topic. 20 to 25, the transition from the concept of arbitrary will to the concept of liberty. I'm going to explain that later on. It seems to me that um, the concepts of freedom and liberty in English are quite a convenient way to talk about the difference between the arbitrary will and, let's say, the reasonable will or the uh, freedom that achieves itself in uh, uh, society. We'll talk about that later. 26 to 29, right, as the result of the impulse to objectivity. That is the wider uh, perspective, what is behind the free will, what is behind freedom, that it realizes itself in, uh, in an objective world. Um, Hegel talks about that for a couple of paragraphs. And then ultimately we have a review of the method of the philosophy of right. And finally in 33, the division of the philosophy of right. So if we manage that in about one hour, you, know, you will have... Um, sort of a, um, a very brief introduction into the philosophy of right as a preparation for reading the section on abstract rights and property and contract and injustice that we will try to embark on next week. But maybe we'll do this in, in, two, uh, in two sessions. 
uh, you uh, can tell me at the end of the session if you like to um, have a second session on this uh, passage and maybe I'll find out that I'll, I'll, I'll be stuck somewhere uh, uh, halfway. Okay, let's first introduce the issue, uh, at least the issue that um, has defined my perspective in dealing with this introductory uh, passage. After each slide, I will invite you, or I, um, I'm now inviting you, after each slide, to ask your questions. So we have a little bit of time to ask uh, and answer questions. Okay? So, there we go. This is the definition of liberty and freedom by John Stuart Mill. So, um, for the English-speaking world, this is very interesting. He says, generally, liberty is distinctly differentiated from freedom, in that freedom is primarily, if not exclusively, the ability to do as one wills and what one has the power to do. So freedom is this individual ability to exercise itself um, in the world, uh, to do what you want, to do what you're capable of doing. Whereas liberty, the concept of liberty, concerns the absence of arbitrary restraints and takes into account the rights of all involved. So li liberty is more of the social concept of freedom. Um, and freedom is, let's say, the anthropological or the psychological concept of freedom. Um, in German, however, we only have this um, concept of Freiheit. Now, how do you, do you translate Freiheit? Of course, freedom is evidently the most um, easy translation. But if we talk about social freedom, or freedom that is exercised within society, liberty should be the better choice. But that's the only uh, word we have in German. So Hegel has to express the difference between freedom and liberty in other ways. And by the way, this um, definition by John Stuart Will, uh, Stuart Mill is not exactly the same as Hegel's concept of freedom and liberty, as we will see later on. But I, I will not try to explain all the differences and the relation between Mill and Hegel. Um, let's go on. Now, this is um, uh, intended to be a joke. It's not really a joke because the French, when they um, sent the Statue of Liberty, that was a French gift to the Americans, they originally intended uh, to uh, present the Americans with two statues. And here on the right you see uh, the second statue. Both were celebrating the concept of liberty and equality. Um, so here you see them together. Uh, now, of course, the Statue of Liberty is standing on its own. But that did say to me that liberty, which is on the left, of course, has uh, a husband, and that husband is freedom. Somehow, liberty and freedom are two concepts that um, we both need and that seem to be necessarily involved with each other. There seem is a reason to say that they must be um, connected to each other. 
On the bottom you see, this is a freedom picture. There is a site on the internet that has these freedom pictures. And that is the idea behind freedom, to remove all the shackles, all the obstacles that you might face in doing what you want. With the two um, traffic signs as examples of that. So the one says turn around to go the other way, or it's forbidden to turn around rather and to go the other way. And the other says, you can't go forward, you have to stop. So these two are examples of the restraints of freedom. But yet at the same time, these signs um, uh, make traffic possible. So the liberty that we ultimately have uh, to be within, uh, uh, to be on, on the... Uh, on the highway and to drive a car, etc., is only possible when we have these restraints as well. Now, that might be a sort of intuitive concept of how liberty and freedom differ and how they come together. I always found that um, traffic, driving a car, is a nice um, symbol of um, these concepts of freedom and liberty. Um, I, I can determine myself when I get into my car and how fast I will drive, etc. But of course, there is also the restraint. I have to drive on the right side. I have to take these traffic signs into account because they will guarantee the safety of both myself and other um, uh, uh, people on the road. So, where does freedom then become liberty? I have a certain area in which I'm totally free. And then there is this area that is also determined by others. And yet I'm not restrained. I'm not enslaved by them. There is somehow still a sort of liberty going on. I'm free to ignore the stop sign. Yet I'm also free to obey it. And the stop sign doesn't force me to stop. It simply addresses my freedom and wants me to stop out of myself, uh, willingly. So here is a bunch of uh, issues and problems connected to the difference between social freedom under restraint and individual freedom that doesn't like restraints and that um, is most apparent in this breaking off of all shackles and restraints. You are listening to Robert Vane's Hegel Podcast. Now, we talked about freedom, we talked about liberty, we used Stuart Mill to guide us into the difference of that. Let's see here the definition of rights. Because Hegel presents us with a philosophy of right. So what are rights? Rights are legal, social or ethical principles of freedom or entitlement. So rights express what you're entitled to do or to have, um, but they are called here principles of freedom. This is just a Wikipedia, a Wikipedia definition. That is, rights are the fundamental normative rules. Now, um, it's clear that um, Hegel would talk about institutions, but he means the same probably. Um, normative rules about what is allowed of people or owed to people according to some legal system, social convention, or ethical theory. So that is a very broad definition. But interestingly enough, on the Wikipedia page, you find this mention of principles of freedom. 
So there are ways of expressing freedom um, that um, can be called entitlements or legal rights or social rights or moral rights, etc. Fundamental normative rules. Now, a philosophy of right then should be a philosophy of these principles of freedom. And that is exactly the definition that Hegel gives them. So that's quite interesting. On the Spreaker page, the um, Hegel study for life, uh, I have a 10-minute, six-minute six uh, file on the uh, origin of the German concept of Freiheit. What does freedom mean in German? Or where does it come from? That's quite interesting. Uh, so if you have a chance, you can listen to that. You are listening to Robert Vane's Hegel Podcast. Natural wisdom says freedom is doing what you want. And natural wisdom says liberty is being restrained by the rights of others. It's a freedom that is um, <clears throat> uh, separated from, uh, from other people by some kind of border. And you cannot cross that border, because then you infringe upon the rights of others. Hegel says it's a bit stronger. He says the restraints of freedom are the institutions of society that make freedom possible. That is what is um, going on when we talk about the restraints. They are not re external barriers. They are not external boundaries. Actually, these rules and institutions make my own freedom possible. Uh, let's say the stop sign, and you cannot make a U-turn here sign. Uh, of course, they restrict my freedom. They express what I cannot do. I cannot drive on, and I cannot make a U-turn. However, because I cannot, somebody else is able to drive safely on that same road, because they're not hindered by my U-turn, or because they're not uh, <clears throat> hindered by the fact that I drive uh, past that stop sign. Um, but what if I were on the other side of that road and someone else had to stop before the stop sign and had to refrain from making the U-turn, etc. Then my safety and my liberty would be at stake if they would not comply with the um, uh, traffic uh, sign, then my life would be in danger, my liberty would be um, limited. So, for, to Hegel, very important that the restraints of freedom are at the same time the institutions of society that make freedom possible. So we're talking about the conditions of my own freedom that appear to be, and the question is, how is that possible? How does that come to be? They appear to be the limits of my freedom. But yet, at the same time, these limits um, actually... Um, uh, are the conditions of my freedom. Oh, I didn't see that before. Arnaud, welcome. Welcome. Nice to see you uh, uh, join us. Uh, for all the other people, Arnaud and I go back a very long way. We are very old friends. Um, I'm not saying that we are old and friends, though we have a very long-standing friendship. Nice of you to join us. Okay. So that's the difference a bit between natural freedom 
and um, <clears throat> Hegelian, the Hegelian concept of freedom. There's another very important, I will not say ideology, unless you take that in a very technical sense, but there's a, another very um, uh, almost self-evident idea, and that is expressed here in the uh, American Constitution, um, coming, going back to the French Revolution, all human beings are born free and equal in dignity and rights, something like that, some kind of formula like that. And so freedom as something that is part and parcel of our uh, uh, natural being and that society must, of course, um, respond to that by giving us equality and dignity and rights. That's sort of the main principle of a free modern society. Now we have to see how Hegel deals with that, how he um, <clears throat> contradicts it maybe, or enforces it uh, with uh, his philosophical argument. We have to see how he deals with that. Another thing that is important in uh, dealing with Hegel is um, the idea that Kant had, Immanuel Kant had, of freedom in his critique of practical reason. And here very, uh, in this summary, um, first of all, he makes the difference between autonomy and heteronomy. So freedom is about autonomy. To act freely means to act um, without any constraint from the outside. So the motivation or the causation of my acts must be from the inside, must be from myself. I decide what I want to do. That is to act as a free agent. Or, um, now this is not merely arbitrariness, it, it's to act according to a law I give myself. I give myself a general law of behavior. A general law of behavior. It's not just about um, doing whatever I want, whenever I want it, um, uh, and every time totally something totally different. No, it's about a general law I give myself. Then, then I'm autonomous. In a way, autonomy means that I obey myself. When I establish a law for myself to do something every day at 10 o'clock, then it's not slavery when I comply with that rule that I uh, made myself. In fact, I'm exercising my freedom when every day I um, do what I wanted to do at 10 o'clock according to this general rule. So autonomy <clears throat> does not exclude acting according to a general rule. It's not just about individual arbitrariness. Now it's to act without external constraints and to act according to general rules that only have their origin within myself. Heterotomy, on the other hand, is what happens if I act on the basis of my desires and impulses, to act according to desires I haven't chosen myself. And of course it also means, it's not in here, but uh, it also means to act on the basis of a commandment that I get from the outside. And that is obvious. If someone else um, can command me to, uh, to act in a certain way, then uh, of course I'm not free uh, either. Okay, let's uh, let's have Kant just for one for one uh, more statement, and we'll uh, just let it pass, and we come to this one.
this is a nice quote from Kant. Freedom is alone the unoriginated birthright of man. It belongs to him by force of his humanity and is independent on the will and co-action of every other, insofar as this consists with every other person's freedom. Now, this is the state of the issue at the time uh, that Hegel was a young boy and he was reading uh, Kant. Um, Kant was the great philosopher of freedom. He was the ultimate um, uh, expression of the Enlightenment and its ideals of reason and liberty. Uh, he was the intellectual counterpart of the French Revolution. Um, but Kant and also his successor uh, Fichte, they left uh, philosophy with a problem. And that is that on the one hand, they defined personal freedom as nearly absolute. Uh, the complete ability to determine yourself, it was thought to be the basis of um, being a person, being a human being. Um, well, closely enough, Kant says, it belongs to him by force of his humanity, etc. But then on the other hand, freedom in a concrete society, in a concrete modern society, um, always um, was, was always in conflict with other freedoms. So how do you um, uh, understand this relation between my individual almost absolute freedom on the one hand, and the fact that every other person on this planet has this same absolute individual freedom? What if both of us want the same thing? What if I'm trying to do something and you're in the way? Um, how can I reconcile my personal freedom with this enormous amount of legislation, not only in, uh, of course, uh, in the area of traffic, but uh, in so many different uh, areas of, um, of our social life? Now, uh, what mainly happened is that this relation between individual and, and let's say, social, uh, the social collective, individual freedom in the social collective, was answered by um, a negative uh, idea. And the negative idea is simply this. My freedom is limited by the freedom of everyone else. So if everyone else's freedom uh, amounts to a stop sign and do not make a U-turn, then I have to obey the freedom that is the general freedom of the rest. But there are lots of problems with that. Is it really the universal freedom of others, or is it just a simple uh, uh, matter of a group defining what is right for us all? Is it freedom that we have to obey the traffic signs? Um, where is this general or universal freedom then expressed? Where is it? Can it be in the state that makes laws, but just a bunch of people? How do they know that they express the wishes of the people as a whole? There's lots of problems with defining exactly um, where the legitimacy of these restraints of my freedom come from. In what process are they defined, these restraints? Who can tell if they are proper? if they're not going too far and restrict my freedom too much. On the other hand, 
exactly where are these boundaries of my person, my, my personal freedom. If I own a cat, can I kill it? If I own a house, can I um, uh, just uh, on a whim throw out the tenants? Um, if I own any kind of property, can I destroy it because I like to do so? It seems to be that individual freedom goes uh, not just against the freedom of others, but there is some kind of inner morality involved in that freedom. Um, Hegel will talk about that um, in the chapter on morality, that freedom comes with a certain responsibility in itself, not just because someone else limits my freedom, but because I, as a reasonable person, will only try to express my freedom in a reasonable manner. And so this irrationality of destruction and malice and, and all of that simply doesn't belong to freedom itself. Because freedom, now we move a bit from Kant to uh, Hegel, um, uh, freedom is an expression of my spiritual nature, not an expression of my animal nature. Freedom is not an instinct. Freedom is not a habit. Freedom is not an impulse. Freedom is not a desire. It may be connected to desires. It may have its own quasi-desire, the desire to be free that arises when you're not. But freedom is not a, um, a desire in itself. It's not a psychological force, although connected with it. Okay, let's move beyond Kant, and let's see how Hegel tried to solve this. Well, let me just say this. He tried to solve it by doing two things. By trying to understand more precisely what is this uh, social sphere. Is it just the force of the sum of all individual freedoms that um, acts as a, a restraint or a boundary to my freedom? And on the other hand, he tries to explain some more what is involved in my personal or individual freedom. Any questions about this uh, so far? While we move from Kant to Hegel. You are listening to Robert Vane's Hegel Podcast. Um, Henneke says, when there are rules, it means that freedom has consequences. If you have a, a set of rules by which you have to act, then there is always this um, negative response to the fact that you disobey these rules. That's, that's true. Yeah, but why? Um, if that is the case and freedom is the highest that we can achieve, why have these rules in the first place? If we are truly spiritual, why do we need rules? Why do we need this negative response to our breaking the rules? Um, where do these rules come from? Is it something that we have agreed upon together? Is it something that is just there in tradition? Um, Merve says freedom is expression of humanity. Yes. But then what are rules that restrain that freedom? Are they not also expression of humanity? So we have current catch. Um, I mean, what we're going to talk about in these first four paragraphs, the foundation of right is freedom. What, what he is saying here, that the foundation of all rules, 
and regulations and institutions that seem to restrain our freedom, that the foundation of all of that actually is freedom. So he's trying to argue that what seems to be the limitation to my freedom in the way uh, Kantian philosophy dealt with uh, individual freedom and social freedom, what seems to be a limitation is in actual fact the foundation of right, or the other way around, I must say. That's we can say the foundation of right is freedom, you can say the foundation of freedom is right. And the rules and regulations make freedom possible, and because we have freedom, and that freedom will, that is, that is the ultimate idea, that freedom will try to give itself an objective world in which to um, exercise itself, we can also say the foundation um, of right is freedom. The foundation of freedom is right. When we have that society, freedom is possible, and the foundation of right is freedom. Uh, we only have that series of institutions on the basis of the fact that freedom can express itself, can recognize itself in these rules of regulations. Yeah, are we ready for um, the Grundlinien der Philosophie des Rechts from 1820? That's the big one. That's are the classes that Hegel taught on uh, this uh, subject, and that is the real text that we are going to deal with. Thank you.